Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We go out in the air. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. At least for now, for today, for this show, I'm here in studio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated for almost two decades, and happy to say so. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on this Monday. We're going to do it like we usually do it. Montana football hour, hour number one, Monday afternoon quarterback, hour number two, NFL playoff style. Marty Mornoweg will be in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. I know I gave you the uh, brief update last week, but we're on baby watch around my house. My wife is uh, 39 weeks and a day pregnant now, so we are less than a uh, week away from the official due date. I, I have no idea how this works. I just... I just uh, I'm here for the support and positivity. So uh, whenever she says we're going, we're going. And, uh, you know, some people say it comes early. Some people say your first one is going to be late. I don't really know where we're at. But there's going to be a day in which this occurs, and then I will no longer be here for a little while. (laughs) But then I'll be back. Have no fear. And uh, we'll have me on this show pretty frequently, even when I'm out uh, with the little ones. So uh, appreciate all the well wishes. I sort of talked about this on the show for the first time last week because I just thought it was important to let you guys know where I was going to be going and uh, got tons and tons of people texting in, calling in, saying hi at the the Grizz and Lady Grizz games and uh, wishing me the best and uh, certainly uh, it's an us in this scenario and uh, like I said, I'm just along for the ride on this one but uh, certainly excited for what's to come uh, 100% terrified but that's just what life's all about and uh, really, really looking forward to it and in the meantime though we're going to keep on coming to you each and every weekday between 4 and 6 here uh, on ESPN Radio last week we had some people out we, we have, you know, it's, it's kind of that time of year but when our um, well, the details are irrelevant. Andrew Houghton, our producer, he was not with us here on the show last week. Some of the days when we were talking grid stuff, when he was around, we had other people in studio. So we haven't really gotten much of Andrew's perspective on what it was like in Frisco, Texas. I also want to ask him what he thinks of the whole uh, situation with Clifton McDowell, the quarterback for the University of Montana, now the former Grizz quarterback, into the transfer portal. And uh, just talking general Big Sky Conference football stuff. We also have some fun ties between the Big Sky and some other 
uh, formidable FCS schools alive in the NFL playoffs. So I'll give you a quick rundown of the guys that are still playing in the NFL right now. By the way, uh, when it comes to the game that's ongoing, for those that have been following this, <laughs> it was real cold in Missoula this weekend, but talk about winter in Buffalo, New York. Over the weekend, at one point, for, for a brief moment in time on Friday into Saturday, they said it was snowing four to six inches an hour in Buffalo and that the wind was blowing upwards of 50 and sometimes 60 miles per hour. So this became like an actual state of emergency. The governor of New York said that we got to postpone this thing. So for the first time, at least in my memory, I can't remember if this ever happened before, but for the first time, at least in my memory, an NFL playoff game got flexed. So Steelers-Bills was supposed to be 11 a.m. Sunday, and instead it got moved to 2.30 today. I know it wasn't intentional. It's all circumstantial. But I, I do think that now that the NFL's seen, oh, we can have two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and two games on Monday, maybe that's going to be the new format for the first round moving forward. I don't know. We'll see. But the Bills out to a quick, quick 14 nothing lead. By the time I even turned this, I was on a Zoom call until 3 today. By the time I turned this game on, it was already 14 nothing. When I watched for about 45 minutes, saw Josh Allen score a 52-yard touchdown. Uh, he was shot right out of a cannon. He looked uh, incredibly athletic on his long touchdown run. And you're thinking, okay, route is on. 21-0, Bills, uh, midway through the second quarter. Well, then uh, the, the Steelers just blocked a punt, and they uh, – then we're able to turn it into a score. So now we're at halftime. So it's 21 to 7. Buffalo leads Pittsburgh. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date with what's going on in this. We'll certainly analyze the result of this when uh, this game is over uh, with Marty Mordewake here in the second hour of Nuanas now. But it's going to be fascinating to see if this influences the, uh, the playoff format in this thing. Uh, moving forward. We'll also talk some returning lineups, I guess top returners, as it were, for all the position groups across both the Bobcat and Grizz football teams. We've been talking almost exclusively Grizz for the last couple weeks because they've been the ones that have been playing, but now everybody's into the offseason. We're seeing transfer portal movement. We see some coaching reorganization there at Montana State. The news of the week out of MSU last week was that Taylor Housewright, moving on, he took the offensive coordinator job at Akron, Reunited with Joe Moorhead, who was the uh, former Oregon OC, who uh, Housewright worked for there in Eugene. Now, Joe Moorhead is the head coach at Akron, so Taylor Housewright going back to his home state of Ohio. And Montana State, as they did when the defensive coordinator job came open. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, Brett Vegan fired Willie Mack Garza, decided to not renew his contract. And they promoted internally by elevating Bobby Daly to defensive coordinator, Sean Howe to co-defensive coordinator. Well, Vegan stays internal with this hire, Tyler Walker, the tight ends and fullbacks coach there at MSU the last couple of years, he's elevated as well. So uh, we'll, we'll analyze those moves and also give you some of the top returners for the Bobcats on both sides of the ball, top returners for the Grizz on both sides of the ball. I was actually pleasantly surprised with how many guys are coming back. We kind of know the headliners, of course. I mean, Eli Gilman and Junior Bergen at Montana, Tommy Malott at Montana State, Brody Greeby, of course, has to be up there too in terms of some of the, the superstar-type players for these two teams. But... A whole bunch of other pretty good guys coming up. And not just guys that, oh, this is a young guy who we think could be pretty good. There's some of those for sure, but there's a lot of young guys that have played in games. There's also a lot of guys that aren't necessarily young guys. They're just good veteran guys that have played a lot of football. So we'll break down the depth coming back. It was the Hula Bowl this weekend. So that's uh, one of the all-star games leading up to the NFL draft. The uh, there, there's several others that are coming down the pipe. There's like the United States East West All Star Game. There's um, another one that's sponsored by Under Armour, and then of course there's the Senior Bowl, which is the the big one, the big showcase. Couple of big sky guys, mainly Hayden Hatton from Idaho. He uh, scored a touchdown in the Hula Bowl, and I just got to thinking, okay, how many big time guys do you need to be a true Big Sky Conference contender, a true? Playoff contender, true FCS national championship contender. I don't think it's a, a specific written in in ink type of number, but I do think that obviously, I mean, statement of the obvious. But 
more great players, more NFL-bound players, more elite talent certainly leads to more team success. What's the magic number, though? Uh, we'll discuss that here in hour number one uh, as well. Hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend as well. This is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. If you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, or you can always use the ESPN MT app as well. And, of course, if you're watching on SWX Montana Television, happy for being here. Uh, thanks for being here. Happy to be here with you. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. My best of the weekend, I started the book Invisible Man. It's not The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells. No, it's Ralph Ellison's book Invisible Man. Now, it's not about some invisible mystical character. It's about the concept of being black in America in the 1940s and 1950s and 1960s. I won't really get into much more than that other than, I mean, here's the synopsis of this book. A nightmare journey across the racial divide that tells us unparalleled truths about the nature of bigotry and its effects on the minds of its victims and perpetrators both. The Invisible Man is also uh, gives us an entirely new model of what a novel can be. I picked this book up because I, you know, I uh, I read a very interesting book. I read the, the book called The Stranger by Albert Camus during my last week of, of break. And it was a book that was a, the, the Pulitzer Prize winner for, uh, or excuse me, the Nobel Prize winner for literature in 1957. And I was captivated by this book. I haven't read a lot of fiction lately, but I love thought-provoking fiction that sort of goes inside the human mind and, you know, gets us... It analyzes bigger things, even if the story is fictional. It analyzes nonfiction concepts. Well, I've had this Invisible Man book on my shelf for a while and been wanting to read it. Well, I picked it up, and I couldn't put it down. I read like 200 pages of this thing the first time I read it. It is an incredibly um, intense book. I mean, the first 100 pages is all about this crazy battle royale with these uh, rich men that are hosting this party that get these 10 uh, African-American adolescents together and basically blindfold them and have them just beat the absolute hell out of each other. The writing is unreal, and just the symbolism and also just the the depiction of this, the character building, the scene building, the, the visuals that Ellison projects is just crazy. All I kept thinking was that this book is edgy. It was, I mean, it came out, you know, some 70 years ago. And at that time, I'm sure this book was was earth-shattering just in terms of how uh, blunt and in-your-face and edgy. Some would say um, too intense. You know, parental advisory on this book, no question. But it's got me thinking I don't want to go on some political rant. All I'm saying is books are important. Never ban books. I think that that's – we've gone through this whole commentary and somehow what books are within our libraries. No, no, no. The exploration of the human mind through the lens of literature is a very important thing for the development of people, period, across the board. You can learn something from and gain from pretty much all elements of literature, so I'll just leave it at that. Which then brought me to, I'm reading this book basically about the human experience through the eyes of a black man in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and I got to thinking about um, what that experience might have been like and must have been like, and then here we are or Martin Luther King Day. And as I've said on this show many, many times, I think that one of the great examples of multiculturalism and one of the great examples of how we can all come together, people from different backgrounds, forming one organization, one team, fighting for one common goal, that's sports. We see it across the board. Like, What are some of our most diverse uh, organizations in Missoula and in Bozeman and in Montana? They're the college sports teams. You have young men and women from all across the country, from all different backgrounds, uh, racial backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, geographic backgrounds. There's all people from all different walks of life who are from all over the country. They're coming together here in Missoula, in Bozeman, and across the state. And that's what makes the experience great. You, you get to meet all these people from all these different um, elements of life, and I think that that's what en enhances it accentuates your experience. That's what Martin Luther King taught. That's what he wanted us to experience. And I know we're not even close to there yet. We still have tons of progress to be made. But it's also worth acknowledging how much progress we have made. 
So now as we celebrate Martin Luther King Day, first of all, happy MLK Day to everybody out there. Uh, what an impactful and uh, unforgettable figure he was in the history of America and the world at large. But we've sort of made this a uh, a tradition here on Nuanas now. So um, he actually gave this speech, Martin Luther King gave this speech in April of 1963. But we like to play it here on MLK Day. It's not the full speech. It's about the last five minutes of the I Had a Dream speech. So let's play it and enjoy it. Let it resonate with you. It gives me goosebumps and makes me feel something every time I listen to it. And and what better compliment could you give to someone who's a a professional orator and also a a leader of humans? Uh, Here's Martin Luther King, at least an excerpt from his I Have a Dream speech from 1963. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners, will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Georgia. 
Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi. From every mountainside. Let freedom ring and we get When we allow freedom ring. When we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, There you go. I, I just, I feel like it's important to play always because, first of all, what an epic speech. But second of all, it's just important to remember history. Now here we are, some 60 years from when that speech was first given. And many of those dreams of Martin Luther King have come true, and many of them have not. And so hopefully we can keep working toward uh, a better world for all of us. It's Noah's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody out there. I was watching the uh, Packers just absolutely decimate the Cowboys yesterday, and I was having a little bit of an existential crisis because I was like, well, I'm ready to give up on the Vikings. And now here we are in, I don't know, I guess probably year 30 of me knowing what the NFL was. And the Packers have literally had a good quarterback the entire time. How's that possible? How do you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and I got this kid? Man. But I also was thinking, do I like the Packers? I think I like the Packers. Because I mean, Christian Watson, North Dakota State product, he's been on this show. Tucker Craft, South Dakota State product, he's been on this show. Samari Toure. University of Montana, by way of Nebraska, on his way to the Packers. He did, he did not suit up yesterday. He's on injured reserve, but he's on the Packers roster. He was on the sidelines. You, you saw him one time when they panned over to the sidelines. They're the youngest roster in the NFL. They're just fun to watch. I thought it was a – and, you know, even though I had money on the Cowboys, it's always a <laughs> it's always a glorious day when you watch the Cowboys get shredded like that. But it, it got me thinking because of those uh, big sky ties. And then the night game, you know, the Rams, they're rolling out there with Cooper Cup, who's from Eastern Washington. Jonah Williams out of Weber State started last night for the Rams. On the defensive line, Christian Roseboom, who was a great player at South Dakota State. He started inside linebacker for the Rams. So I was just thinking of all the different big sky and uh, FCS ties it, it, that are left in the NFL playoffs. So here's a quick rundown of, of those. I know Joe Flacco... As you know, he's he's been in the league forever and ever and ever, but he was an FCS guy once upon a time. He played at Delaware. He didn't play so hot on uh, Saturday for the Browns. But he and Pierre Strong, a South Dakota State alum, were both in that game. On the other sideline, Daenerys McGee, former Montana State quarterback, was an offensive assistant for the Texans. He was there, so congratulations to D-Mac. I was texting him on Sunday Telling him congrats because pretty cool getting to work with uh, one of the great rookie quarterbacks that this league has ever seen, truly. C.J. Stroud setting all sorts of records for statistics, but also 10 wins to get in the playoffs and then another playoff win. I mean, it's you're going to be hard-pressed to find another guy who's in that sort of situation. There's been guys that have made the playoffs and won games as rookie quarterbacks, but they were guys like Ben Roethlisberger who went to the Steelers, who was, you know, a model organization who's had tons of success. Stroud... Came in. I mean, the Texans have won 11 games in the last three years combined. Now they've won 11 games this year. That's a pretty crazy turnaround with a rookie quarterback. And uh, Denarius McGee, former Bobcat quarterback, certainly has had a hand in that. Other Big Sky and FCS ties that are still going in the playoffs. I didn't realize this. Uh, Tanner Connor from Idaho State. I knew that he had switched to tight end and was flirting with, but he was on the active roster for the Miami Dolphins. I know you covered him, Andrew, while you were in Pocatello. He's always had the speed, for sure. I just thought he was a little too stiff to play in the NFL, but maybe the, the, the move to tight end has, has served him well. Obviously, he's on an active NFL roster. Yeah, he's been hanging around for, for a couple of years. I mean, since he came out of school, more or less, he's been hanging on with the Dolphins' active roster practice squad. Interesting guy. I, I think he is a little stiff, right? I mean, that's the evaluation of him. So fast, and he had the ability to bulk up and maintain that speed. You can right. see this even in his, his last year at ISU, and certainly as he was preparing for a professional career. Uh, 
has the ability to get up to size to play the tight end position without compromising too much of that sprinter's speed. So a guy with a lot of really interesting like physical characteristics and NFL teams take chances on guys like that. I would be willing to bet that in a pure straight line, 100-meter race that he's the fastest tight end in the NFL. I mean, didn't he run like a 10-5 in the 100 meters? He was running track at Idaho State for a moment in time, right? He held or still holds the Big Sky record Indoor <laughs> record for the sixty meter, or for the what do they run in indoor? Sixty meters, yeah, you got the it. Sixty meter, and, and what the sixty hurdles? Sixty hurdles, yeah. The sixty hurdles is yeah, where yeah, he was yeah. just unbelievable when they had the indoor championships at Holt Arena that one year. Yep, yep. Set the Big Sky Conference championship indoor record in the sixty hurdles. Amazing. Another guy that was a great hurdler in college. I don't know why more coaches don't do this. Have especially your skill guys on offense and defense. Run track, man. Like, winter conditioning is all great. But if you're competing in races and, and training like a track athlete to make you faster, it's awesome for your overall athleticism. Khalil Dorsey from Northern Arizona was that same way. He was a big sky champion in the in the hurdles, indoor and outdoor, and now he's playing cornerback for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I, I think... You see it from kids a lot of times. Everybody runs track in high school. If you can keep that going into college, the level of instruction is so much higher. Exactly. Uh, and the level of getting hurt. You don't have to participate in spring ball and get hurt. Right. Yeah, Keep keeps tread on the tires. Uh, one more note, because we were talking about, you brought me in to talk about Tanner Connor. I know there aren't any ISU guys listening to this. Sure. But just for all my ISU guys out there, uh, the UFL had some sort of draft today. Okay. And Jared Scott and Christian McFarland both oh, got picked up, uh, as did uh, the kicker Luis Aguilar from Northern Arizona. So they're, you know, the, the USFL and the XFL are merging. A lot of kids yep, left yep. out in the, in the cold there. Sammy Kim, one of our great friends, great friend of the show, he's one of those guys because Philadelphia Stars are no longer. Yep, Case Cookus was on that team too. Uh, but so I guess they're doing sort of a dispersal draft or a recombination draft. They've done a bunch of them, but in today's draft, two ISU guys and, and Luis Aguilar got picked up. Very interesting. Other uh, big sky and FCS guys in the NFL playoffs. Chris Oladokun is the third-string quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mentioned Kristen Watson, former NDSU alum, and uh, Tucker Kraft, former South Dakota State All-American for the Packers. Also, Daniel Whelan, the punter for the Packers, is a UC Davis uh, grad. The Cowboys have four former FCS standouts. Trey Lance, of course, is the backup quarterback to Dak Prescott. Hunter Lepke, North Dakota State uh, we used to call him the man bear pig because he's such an aggressive and such a beast as a sort of running back slash fullback. Matt Willetsko from North Dakota is also an offensive lineman for the Cowboys. And then Deron Bland, who's a first-team All-Pro this year, led the league in uh, picks and had a NFL record for pick sixes in a season. He started his career at Sac State, even though he says Fresno State on the starting lineups. He was he transferred to Fresno State for his last year, but he played at Sac State for several years. Mentioned Cup and Roseboom for the Rams, plus Jonah Williams. Carson Wentz, also North Dakota State, of course, is the backup there for Matt Stafford. Mentioned Dorsey out of NAU, plays for the Lions. Right now in this Steelers-Bills game, Dylan Cook is a rotational offensive lineman, former Grizz. He's the only Grizz on an active roster right now uh, in the National Football League. But he is there uh, for the Steelers. He's the number two at both their tackle spots uh, right now. So let's see if that uh, – hold on. I'm refreshing my page real quick to see. Uh, still 21-7 in Buffalo. Just a couple minutes into the third quarter, the Steelers do have the ball uh, but Dylan Cook, a guy that's on the active roster for the Steelers. For the Eagles, you got Dallas Goddard, of course, out of South Dakota State, and then Sua Opeta out of Weber State. The Bucks tonight, they'll feature starting right guard Cody Mock out of NDSU. There's a couple, uh, I guess one Idaho guy on the 49ers, Jesse Davis. He did not play in the Big Sky, though. He played at Idaho seven years ago before they rejoined the Big Sky. And then Spencer Wagey out of North Coast State also plays for the Niners. So plenty of SCS uh, connections, especially Big Sky connections, remaining in the NFL playoffs. I want to get Andrew's thoughts on all sorts of things, including how it went in Frisco, what he thinks of the, the quarterback uh, carousel at the University of Montana, plus several other questions. So we'll take a break. This is the Montana Football Hour. It's proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash, treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. They're located right next to us here at Radio Way uh, in Missoula, right off of North Reserve. They have unlimited packages. They have gift cards. 
It's the best way to take care of your car all seasons, but especially in the winter. Now that it's finally snowy, I've been telling you about this for weeks, but now it actually is applicable. There'll be ice melts and all sorts of different chemicals all over the road. That's great to keep us safe, keep the roads not as slick. It's not so good for the undercarriage of your car. So treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. More football talk. Right after this, keep it right here. New is now, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're in the midst of the Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Last week, we didn't get to hear much from Andrew Houghton, so I want to bring him in. He's the producer of this show, also a contributing writer and podcaster at SkylineSportsMT.com, and he was one of the people from our crew, both ESPN MT and Skyline, that was down there in Frisco, Texas for the FCS National Championship game. Andrew, I know we did a, a Zoom call right after the game. You can find that video on uh, YouTube. But just your impressions of the, the whole experience. Uh, what would you think of just being down there? What would you think of Frisco? What would you think of just uh, – we'll get into the details of the game, but just uh, – being down there and, and covering the Grizz in a national championship game for the first time. Awesome experience because of just what you said. It's an awesome, unique experience that I've never gotten the chance to do before. Um, you think about it. I mean, the University of Montana has been a huge part of my life for over a decade now. Sure. Because I came here in 2012, um, and I, I've had some great experiences at the University of Montana. But getting to see the, the football team play in the national championship game, just like you said, is something that you can't take for granted, and I don't want to gloss over just that bit of the experience. Uh, talking about the experience in Frisco just in and of itself, I think I'm, I'm in sort of two minds about this because in one way, sort of not the experience that you expect when you're talking about a national championship game, not the bombastic, um, you know, spotlight Experience and and that's partially just because you got a team from Montana and a team from South Dakota playing in in a suburb of Dallas, Texas, right? Sure. In, in a twenty thousand seat stadium, and that makes it tough. But for what it was, I thought it was a really uh, I thought it was a really good experience. Uh, I really had a, I had a great time at the game. Uh, I thought that the the game production was was fine. I thought the stadium was was nice. Yes, yeah, it was good. The, the problems with the turf that everybody's talked about for sure. years and years and years, seeing them for myself, not great turf down there. It's not great. But you This know, is Brooks and Oana's biggest piece of consternation. This is his tweet. Every year, he's been to three of these. He just sends pictures of the turf. He tweets it as the game goes along. Oh, yeah. It's the tweet. It's the turf regression Per Brooks Nuana's Twitter account <laughs> during the national championship, it just drives him crazy. I don't know why it drives him so crazy, but he just drives him crazy. And I think the the last thing that I'll say about just the general experience is the fan bases are determined to to make it the experience that they deserve, right? And you see the maroon, you see the blue and yellow for the for the Jackrabbits all around town in the days leading up to the game. You have this feeling of of community. I mean, they know. That everybody in Texas, heck, everybody in Frisco yeah. is going to be like, well, what's going on here? The Grizzlies and the Jackrabbits? What are those two teams? What are they sure. playing for? Right. They don't care. They're determined to, you know, give it the stature and importance that it deserves. And yes. I really, I really enjoyed that and had a great time and enjoyed watching everybody else just having fun as well. All the people, you know, you sort of like this great migration south. Right. That, that we saw North Dakota State do every year. Actually, being a part of that and seeing everybody in the airport wearing wearing Grizz gear and coming into the Dallas airport and seeing a bunch of people in Jackrabbits gear. It's like, oh, you're all a part of something bigger. Yes. Uh, you're here to enjoy yourself, to watch this game. So does it really matter that it's, you know, a thousand miles away from right. either of these teams' home stadiums? In a way, it does. In, in a way, it doesn't. And, and that was sort of my favorite part of the weekend was just seeing everybody have fun. Well, very good. Uh, when it comes to the game, sort of the uh, the omnipresent question is just how big is the gap between South Dakota State 
and Montana. Now, a lot of this comes with a caveat. We'll get into some of the key returners for Montana coming up next uh, for, for next season. South Dakota State loses a lot, but they've also proven that they could be perennially powerful. They've been in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs six out of the last seven years. Played in three straight, I guess, three out of the last four national championship games and uh, counting the spring season in 2021. They lose a lot, though. They, they certainly lose Isaiah Davis, who's an All-American running back, Zach Hines, who's a per- potentially NFL-bound tight end, Mason McCormick and Garrett Greenfield, who are a couple probably NFL-bound offensive linemen, the Yankee twins, Jackson and Jaden, who have both been there forever, record-setting wide receivers, and on down the line. They do return Adam Bach, who's an All-American linebacker, and uh, at least as of right now, they return Mark Gronowski, who's uh, an All-American quarterback and the reigning Walter Payton Award winner. What did you think, though, Andrew? I mean, obviously, the, the the narrative from the Grizz side of things is missed opportunities, and there certainly was some. To me, though, even if Montana would have punched in the fourth down on their first drive when they got stopped at the goal line, even if they would have turned turnovers into points, more than just the three points they got after Corbin Walker's pick, I still think South Dakota State is, uh, is a better team, and I think probably a markedly better team. That said, I didn't think the, the gap was... All that crazy. So where are we at? What did you think of just uh, sort of the the balance on the field? Yeah, and I guess two things here. First of all, starting with, I thought that in that game and this year, not talking about looking forward, not talking about the future at all, not talking about what South Dakota State's going to lose. I thought that on that day, it was pretty clear that that South Dakota State team was a couple levels ahead of that Montana team. And everybody else, right? I mean, 29 wins in a row is you know, pretty pretty definitive. Right, sure. But but also not appreciably above the level of, you know, some of the North Dakota State teams that we've seen oh, at, the top sure. of, at the top of the FCS. Uh, certainly, you know, here's a good comparison, Coulter. What would you think of comparing them to that James Madison team that we saw beat the Grizz in Virginia a couple a couple years ago? I'm not sure that South Dakota State team's markedly ahead of that James Madison team. So I think the level at the top of the FCS, whether it's North Dakota State or James Madison or now South Dakota State, has yes. sort of been pretty steady. Yeah. And I think what we saw in Frisco is that the Grizz aren't quite there yet, and that's what I, I wrote in my game story. I mean, there are levels to this. There's always been a defined level of one or two teams at the top of the FCS. Yep. That still exists. Montana's not there. And I know, you know, talking specifically about the game, okay, the Grizz missed some opportunities. Yes, they did. The fact that they had those opportunities in the first, the first half went really well for the Grizz. And they were still down 7-3 at halftime. Yes. Second half was not competitive at all. That's right. And if you're looking at it, I mean, there's some, some ways you can say this game was competitive. Each team had 17 first downs. South Dakota State averaged 5.5 yards a carry. The Grizz averaged 1.6. Right. I, I just I thought I thought the first half went about as well as it could have for the Grizz. They manufactured the opportunities that they need to. Corbin Walker took advantage of a of a bad throw by Mark Gronowski. They were still down 7-3 at halftime. I think it, it's tough to say that they would have been more competitive in a game like that when everything does go so right for them in the first half. I mean, I think Grizz fans are saying, well, it was close until the third quarter. I think South Dakota State fans would say, well, look, our Walter Payton award-winning quarterback made one of the worst throws of the year. Yes. Not being pressured, just sort of threw it to nobody, misread the route. Threw it to Corbin Walker. Threw it to Corbin Walker. <laughs> yeah. And that led to your only three points of the half. And also, we would have had the ball at your 45-yard line if that punt, if he just fair caught the punt. Right. They would have had the ball in Grizz territory because it was a short punt by by Travis Benham. And they're saying, well, look, we're getting points off that, too. It should have been, you know, 13-17-3 at halftime. Well, it's down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Andrew Houghton joining us here uh, from the other side of the glass, the producer here of this radio show. It's the Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Steelers on the board again. They got a field goal, so now they're down 21-10. Eight minutes, 50 seconds left in the third quarter. So Pittsburgh, with what looked like could have been a boat race, uh, they're fighting. They're right there. I got I got Steelers plus 16 and a half on one of my tickets, so that's looking okay for me. I agree with what you said, Andrew. And I think that, I think my, what it takes to win a national championship, you have to be, you have to be a, a pretty ridiculously complete team this day and age. That said, part of it is we're comparing all these teams to 
this trio of programs that have been peerless. North Dakota State and their nine national championships in the last 12 years. James Madison and their, surprisingly, actually only one in the last 12 years, but certainly perennially competitive, and now they're up to the FBS, and they were really competitive at that level. And now South Dakota State went in back-to-back. When, you, when, I look down the, when I look at the Grizz from a personnel standpoint, I think they're right there defensively. I think the addition of, if you take their exact defense they had this year, if you, if you add one more really dynamic pass rusher and or a little bit more depth on the defensive line, and you have one more elite corner that you can either play at nickel or on the outside, then I think that then right there, like man for man, you're, you're pretty much on par with South Dakota State. Like where South Dakota State's defense was better is they have way more defensive line depth and they were way more athletic and better in the secondary. But other than that, the Grizz defense is right there. They're just like one notch below, but they're not, it's not an insurmountable mountain to climb. I actually think that they're knocking on the door. Grizz are awesome on special teams. That's going to carry the day for you. Uh, especially on the way to a playoff run, and, and in this case, during your playoff run as well. On the offensive side, I think the offensive skill players, I think that Montana is as good as anybody. You got Junior Bergen, you got Keelan White, you got Aaron Fonts, you got Eli Gilman. That quartet is as talented as they're going to find in the FCS, and the fact that none of them are seniors bodes well for Montana. But to me, the two places where Montana could really close the gap and or if they really truly want to summit the mountaintop the things, the two factors that all those North Dakota State teams I named and these South Dakota State teams have that are significantly better than what Montana put on the field this year are the offensive line and the quarterbacks. I think the Grizz were good to very good on the offensive line. You need to be like top three in the country good to be a national championship contender. Like you need to have two guys, two or three guys that are going to end up on NFL rosters and, and one or two that are going to get their name called in the NFL draft. That's what South Dakota State's had. North Dakota State's had that perennially. Same thing with the quarterbacks. Mark Kronowski's the best quarterback in the FCS. South or North Dakota State had this crazy run. Brock Jensen, Car, uh, Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, Trey Lance. Thought they did a good job. I thought the Grizz did a good job of righting the ship and figuring it out at quarterback this year. I thought Clifton McDowell was... At sometimes fine, at sometimes good, for a couple games great, and otherwise pretty darn average. You got to be better than average at quarterback if you want to win the national championship at this level. And I, that, I don't know if that's actually always been true. And I actually don't know if having the best quarterback leads you to national championship glory. Ezra Washington has had elite quarterback play for 20 years, and they've only won one title. But I do think that if you're talking about catching these specific schools, that's the thing you can do to help close the gap. Yeah, I think that's right. And and look, I mean, I guess the second part of my point that I was getting to talking about this specific game, were the Grizz on the same level in that game? No, absolutely not. Were the Grizz so bad in that game that they're never going to be at the same level in the future? I don't think you can say that either. I think totally. in, in that way, it was a really encouraging game for Montana uh, because you could look at it, and, and like you said, and like you just went through, you could look at specific areas of improvement and say, well, it's going to be difficult to get to this level, but we can make it, and I think I think you've got it locked down. The quarterback is the last piece for me, right? You have to have a quarterback of that level to win the national championship, but you're not going to win the national championship with that quarterback or not without having all the other pieces in place first, if that makes sense. That's right. Talking myself in a circle here on the radio, it's great. But but you get what I'm saying, and I hope the (laughs) listeners do too. I absolutely get what you're saying, man. Like, if if you just said, okay, all you need is the best quarterback in the country, that's not close enough at all. Reese Popham was one of the best guys we saw this year. What did that get you? 56-0 in the semis. (laughs) 59-0, right. I mean, Javonte McCoy is an All-American. And and he got to the, got you to the quarterfinals, right? Like the best quarterbacks in the Big Sky were out way before the the uh, Grizz were, and that's why this is a tough mountain to climb. You yeah, have to have yeah. the defense at all three levels. You have to have the dominant offensive line. You have to have the really good skill players. And after all that, you still have to have one of the best quarterbacks in the country because that's what South Dakota State's going to have. And that might be what North Dakota State has again yep. in the future too. And that, and then you have to have all that. And you have to get them all to 
love each other and play together and stay and not go in the transfer portal, it seems like a crazy task. I mean, and you get one of the top two seeds in the playoffs, so you're playing at home. This is the thing, too, though, is that the FCS, it used to be, you just what you had to do is you had to get hot. You had to get hot at the right time. And if you got hot at the right time, even if you weren't the most complete team, if you had some star guys that were just revved up, you could make a run. I mean, that's the 95 Grizz in a nutshell, right? That's that's the 2010 Eastern Washington Eagles. They were really good. Were they like these unbelievably complete teams? No, but the complete team thing has been defined by the Dakota schools, and it's going to be such a hard gap to close. That said, I do think the Grizz, they're they are close, man. I mean, how could you say they're not? They just won 10 in a row to get to Frisco, so uh, they're certainly knocking on the door. It's Noah's Down ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour. More on this, including some of the top returners for both the Grizz and the Bobcats on the other side. Probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Back right after this, ESPN MT. by the Bills. 24 to 10. Buffalo leads Pittsburgh. The over-under on this game was 39 and a half. So he got 34 already. Need that scoring to slow on down. <laughs> Welcome back to Honest Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Coming up later this week, Wednesday, got around the big sky and women's hoops, the Crystal Red Path coming up. One thing we're uh, going to keep on telling you about is we have our big sky in Boise giveaway again. We got a hotel room for you, plus a pair of all sessions passes to the Big Sky Tournament. Tournament runs Saturday through Wednesday this year. It's Saturday, uh, March 9th through the following Wednesday. So if you want to enter in, text us, 406-888-1029. Big Sky in Boise, text us that, 406-888-1029. Our Big Sky in Boise giveaway presented by the Big Sky Conference, as well as our great friends at Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is an awesome online fundraising platform for organizations of all sorts, they have a high priority and specialization in high school sports and other activities, but they can do some good work for any at all sorts of organizations and uh, teams. So verticalraise.com if you want to find out more. The Montana Football Hour, probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Let's look at some of the key returners. We may probably hash this out a little bit more next week, but key returners for the Grizz, key returners for the Bobcats. This is not necessarily uh, a compare and contrast or, you know, who's better or whatever. I think there's a lot of, of good returners coming back. And uh, so let's highlight them real quick. For the Grizz, at quarterback, Clifton McDowell on his way out into the portal. But you got to think that Kialili Ayat is the next guy. I can almost guarantee you the Grizz are going to bring in a transfer to compete with him. Uh, so we'll see. But I think that he showed some flashes. I just want to know what those flashes mean. I mean, he did it against Northern Colorado. That team didn't win any games, but you can tell the way he maneuvers and operates, he's a, he's a talented guy. In the backfield, the Grizz should have good depth. Uh, Eli Gilman, of course, the Jerry Rice Award winner is back. Isaiah Childs, who's been sort of a depth guy there, and Xavier Harris are all back. At receiver, that's the most stacked group uh, of proven returners now that Junior Bergen said he's staying. Yeah, Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts, Keelan White, plus Sawyer Rockadelli, Ryan Simpson, Andrew Deck. So basically your whole two deep is back. Tight ends, same thing. The tight ends didn't do much in the pass game, but they were pretty darn good in the run game this year. Evan Schaefer, who was a D2 transfer, he was a great addition. Jake Olson's a huge body there. Eric Barker's a veteran. On the offensive front, the Grizz will have to replace A.J. Forbes, Chris Walker, um, and Hunter McGinnis, but they do return. First-team All-League offensive tackle, Brandon Casey. They also return Journey Grimsrud for the his third year as a starter at guard. 
Liam Brown's been a starter at guard since last season as well. And then Cannon Pamphiloff, he played a whole bunch of different positions. So if Ayat is good and the line is good, that could be a good to great offense. Could, they could even be better on offense if Ayat fulfills what is his formidable potential. I'm not sure he's ready to do that yet. For the Bobcats, they return a ton on offense. Tommy Malott's back at quarterback. They don't have Sean Chambers anymore. I actually think that's a, a huge deal for Malott to just be the man. If he goes down, what happens? That's going to be the huge key for the Cats. But they do have some younger guys there at quarterback like Jordan Reed and Chance Wilson that have had uh, good reviews internally. Julius Davis, Jared White, and Scottrey Humphrey highlight the running backs room. That should be one of the best running back rooms, not only in the big sky, but also in the country. So stacked running backs for both the Grizz and the Cats. Tight end, huge losses with Trayton Pickering and Derek Snell graduating at Montana State. But Ryan Lonergan filled in pretty darn good. With those two guys out down the stretch run. On the offensive front, the Cats do lose Rush Reimer, who transferred to Cal. Omar Abedian, who transferred to Baylor. But they return All-American Marcus Weir at right tackle. They also return, this is crazy, the Cats' two starting guards from two years ago didn't play last year. Cole Sane and JT Reed. Reed came back towards the end of the year, but they were not starters. But those two guys were starters over some of those guys who transferred so they have veterans up there. Then they also have Justice Perkins, who will be a four-year starter at center. And then Connor Moore's back after starting as a freshman at left tackle. And then Titan Fleischman, who's been uh, the, the opening day starting tackle two years in a row, but has had a knee injury, he's also back. So there's a whole bunch of, of uh, offensive linemen at Montana State, and that's been somewhere that, where they've recruited really darn well. I think they'll be really good up front as well. And then wide receiver, Taco Dollar, Ty McCullough, Jacob Trimble, all guys that played a bunch this last year. And then Laniata Alexander, who's a former four-star recruit, a kid from Seattle who played at Washington and then Arizona State, and now uh, he had to sit out last year because of eligibility stuff. Uh, he'll certainly be back. I, I think it'll, I shouldn't say certainly. Likely be back, and uh, I think he'll be one of the best receivers in the league day one. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. We're up against it, so we don't really have time to do uh, the defensive stuff. But let's do that next, maybe later on this week, but maybe next Monday. Either way, it's a good conversation to be had, and I actually want to hash out some of this stuff as well. That's just sort of a bulletin board of it as it stands right now, but we'll do that a little later on. End of the third quarter, Buffalo Bills up 24-10 to 10 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll keep you up to date on that, and we'll give you a full analysis on all things NFL coming up right now. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mortaweg in studio with us. That's next. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.